This is a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. Go to allthews.3cr.org.au. So here you are, too foreign for home, too foreign for here, never enough for both. Ijoma Umbinyo Diaspora Blues. What makes you smile and adds a spring to your step? What does it mean to belong and how do we build a home away from home? Diaspora Blues is a show that contemplates what is and what could be. Join Ayan every Monday at 2.30pm on 3CR Community Radio. I wish I knew how it would feel. Welcome to Diaspora Blues. I'm Ayan Shirwa and my guest this week is Awok Rek Kongor, a filmmaker and the curator of the exhibition, A Wholesome Gang. More from Awak after this song by Puki. What's my name? 
Halloween by Puki from her 2021 album Flick. Puki is a South Sudanese rapper, songwriter, composer, and producer who was born in Nairobi, Kenya. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander children aged three and four can access 15 hours per week of free kinder. Kinder programs provide culturally safe places for children and families, and are led by qualified teachers. Enroll for 2024. Speak with your preferred kinder service or local council today about how to register for a place. Corey kids shine at kindergarten. Find out more at vic.gov.au/kinder. Authorized by the Victorian Government, Melbourne. A 3CR supporter. You're listening to Diaspora Blues on 3CR Community Radio. I am Ayan Shirwa. I met my guest Awak Rek Kongor around 2016. As it's prone to happen, we lost touch a few years later. But I knew, I just knew that she would go places and achieve amazing things. Awak has always struck me as driven and passionate, and a champion of the South Sudanese community in Melbourne. Whether it's raising awareness around mental health issues or showcasing the brilliance of her community, she has always placed South Sudan front and center of her work. We begin our conversation with Awak, explaining why she's never been good at marketing herself. I'm glad that you're doing this interview with me because I have struggled with sharing stuff for a long time, for a while actually. There's been a lot of like apprehension when it came to promoting myself in the last couple of years, especially after the pandemic. I was just、mm. really, really nervous. But it all came down to whether or not I believed that I should put work out there. And I was like, I'm not prepared. I'm not ready to put myself out there. So a lot of things that I did do over the last couple of years, I just kept it to myself. Kind of just like, oh, you know, when I'm ready, everybody will hear about me. Everybody will know, and everything like that. So it's been it's a weird thing because like, although I'm still working, I haven't been celebrating myself, and、I、haven't been able to invite my friends to come celebrate with me. Which is really unfortunate, but in 2023, I think I'm getting out of that, and I'm like, actually, this is even if it's not what I assume or what I think is like good work, my friends are there to support me. Mind you, I thought I was out here lonely, and like I was a tiny little soldier just doing this whole thing on my own and everything like that. Just for me to turn around and find my entire community, been having my back, but you know exactly. But like when you live inside your head, you're just like, oh, I'm doing this by myself, and nobody wants to support me, and nobody has my back, and I don't have any friends. <laughs> Which was such a lie, and it was one of the biggest lies I ever told myself as well.、Um, so, yeah, in 23, we don't believe that no more. No more. What do you reckon helped you get out of that mindset? I actually took therapy seriously,、um, and actually took healing seriously. And for me, especially being a mental health advocate, I think we've spoken about this a lot. I've been an advocate within the Sassanese community, particularly advocating for young Sassanese men and young Sassanese women to destigmatize, you know,、um, clinical approaches to to mental health treatments and stuff like that. But I didn't take my own advice, so I was out here dishing. I was like, "Oh, y'all, just down in the third." Blah, 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 blah. I didn't take any of my own advice, and for a moment, I got out of Australia straight after the pandemic, 
and I had a moment to just travel and I had a time to myself. So like away from all of my stresses, away from work, away from family, away from friends. And I just gave myself the opportunity to think about what it was that was going on with me and how I wanted to move forward. Um, and it was really confronting because I had to be very frank with myself. And I was like, oh, girl, you know, I mean, you are right, but like, you also betray yourself here, 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 and there, and there, and there. And like, I think some of some of my toxic traits became very, I exposed myself to myself when I was away from everybody. And it was just me, you know, dealing with myself. I was like, oh, I am most definitely the problem. And, and it's just like, huh, very, very confronting. So. Wow, that's very brave of you to well admit that it's very brave but it's also humbling hey it's very humbling because I it very it became very clear to me that what I was trying to do wasn't actually it wasn't it didn't come from an honest or authentic space it came from a space where I needed to prove myself I needed to I needed um, approval from my parents I needed approval from my peers I needed approval from my community and it wasn't coming from a place that was actually authentic to me and so yeah there was like tons and tons of sound bites I was just like oh yeah blackness oh no community oh that's asking me da, da, da. and yeah a lot of it was true it was definitely coming from a place of truth for sure but I think there was also there was a bit of performance that was in there and there was a lot of like masking that I was doing as well. And it was, yeah, it, it didn't feel true to me at one point. So yeah. do you think it was something, cause I also could recite the same slogans of black excellence and self love, but I wasn't really feeling that I could recite it, but it wasn't, it wasn't being felt inside, but I know I needed to say those things to myself. Do you think at that time it was important for you to hear those words and hear those statements? Yeah. I mean, it's it's the reason why I went to Canada because I knew I deserved it. I knew I needed it. I knew something had to be done. And like on Instagram, sharing it and talking about it. And in a way, I was kind of like indoctrinating myself with the same information that I was putting out there. And I was just like, you guys need love. You guys need real love. You guys need this, that, and the third. And I was also speaking to myself. I was actually absorbing a lot of the words that I was actually speaking as well. I knew I needed to heal. I knew I needed to break generational traumas. I knew that there were things that I needed to address with myself. You know, I knew that I wanted to succeed for myself. I knew I wanted love for myself. I knew I wanted to experience authentic love. I knew there were so many problems and so many issues and so many, you know, I needed to heal holistically and everything like that. I also knew that if I didn't do it for myself, who am I to be out here talking about it as well? You know, mm. like who am I to be advocating on behalf of anybody if I'm not doing the same things for myself? And by the grace of God, I got a lot of compassion and a lot of grace from a lot of my friends and family and you know returning back from my trip and I just came in I came back completely vulnerable like no walls you know just completely just a shell of a human being almost but because I was shedding so much 
exterior and like really relearning who I was as a human being. And to step into the community and the community be like, oh, we've been waiting for you. Hello. Hi. Welcome back. Like, where have you been? And I'm like, um, I don't know. I've been, I suppose, I don't know. And they're just like, yeah, we've been waiting for you to step into your light. Finally, welcome. And it's, that was very overwhelming to experience also. And that was really overwhelming to like, to experience as well. Because again, it's like, oh, I'm being authentic and y'all like this like, <laughs> you like the real me you like the real me that's crazy I'm crazy though they're like yeah we like that <laughs> what a beautiful 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 feeling I can't imagine what that is like to make yourself um so vulnerable and to humble yourself and to you know try to make amends or if that was your case but just kind of put yourself out there and people accept you and not only accept you but are wanting you to win as well they have your back babes what yeah. a journey it's scary I was super I'm still scared it's super super scary I'm still it's like I'm like these are my first steps still like I'm still very shaky like I'm Bambi essentially I'm still like am I doing the right thing am I saying the right thing I'm trying my hardest to honor myself and I think that was the most important thing as well because like I always people pleasing type of energy so I'm always going to consider everybody else before I consider myself and then let that energy fester whereas now I'm kind of just like considering what I want and what I need. You're listening to Diaspora Blues, a 3CR radio program produced in Wurundjeri country. I'm Ayan Shirwa. Today I'm speaking to writer and filmmaker Awak Rek Konger so far, Awak has shared the reason why she struggles to promote her work and what happened when she began opening up to her loved ones. We pick up the conversation with Awak, explaining the inspiration behind her exhibition, A Wholesome Gang. Um, so it wasn't actually an ode to Footscray. It was an ode to St Albans, my second hometown that I grew up in. Um, and some of the people that were um, pictured in the exhibition are from St Albans and our locals to St Albans. But I did grow up in Footscray. So um, where Migrant Coffee is, about like 500 metres away from there, was the fa- very first apartment that my family and I moved into, like as refugees as well. So Footscray is my backyard. It's my home. It's my front yard. It's my everything. It's where my identity really kind of blossomed I suppose but also like it was really cemented when I was in Footscray because I was I don't know if everybody remembers but uh, well for the Sassanese people there was um, Father Dawn's church where there was just a bunch of young Sassanese refugee migrants hanging out every Saturday and we were doing homework club stuff together and then it turned into going on camps together from going to camps together, we were doing like dancing and singing and we were just a bunch of young kids doing nothing on a Saturday night or Saturday day, hanging out together, like playing, laughing, doing all of the things children should be doing, especially like completely traumatized children. We didn't for one second think about all of the things that happened to us and all we were doing was just hanging out and laughing and being kids. And so like, these are the things I hold on to and remember about Footscray. 
and these are the things that will always make me a Putzgerian and I don't think I'll ever be able to let it go because I found my happiness I found like true love as well like falling in love with my community and I think that is a love that I couldn't find anywhere else couldn't find in any other suburb and can't feel it anywhere else and so yeah I'm very sentimental when it comes to Putzgerian for that reason. Migrant Coffee the way that came to be was it was really, really interesting. So where I work, Human Rights Arts and Film Festival, we got in contact to do an exhibition and we were just going to do any type of works and everything like that. And then my colleague was like, hey, well, you've got some really cute photos. Why don't you put them up? And I was just like, I don't know who the hell told you that, but you out here telling my business and you need to calm down about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she was just like, I think, I think you should do it. I think it'll be a great opportunity. I think it, you know, you should, I don't know, just think about it. And sure enough, I was like, she's crazy, clearly. I'm not that talented. I don't need to be putting myself out there. Da, 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 da. Consulted with a bunch of friends. And my friends were just like, look, when you're ready, you will be ready. And just see it that way. And so, yeah, I sat with myself. I thought about it. And I looked at my grandma and I was like, yeah, she's cute. More people need to see her face. She needs to be in an exhibition of some sort, you know. And and Migrant Coffee, when I met with the um, owners and got to know them and got to hear about their story and how they started, they said everything that I already felt. You know, they're locals to Footscray. You know, their parents are migrants. They migrated when they were kids, you know, um, there's a rich community, there's a rich culture in Footscray and community also enjoys food and good coffee. And these were all things that were just ringing loud and clear in my head. And I was just like, okay, this is probably the best place if I'm going to share my work, especially if I'm going to share something so vulnerable, like my family, my community, I would rather do it here. Hi, we're the Marindas and you're listening to 3CR Community Radio 855 AM. I had a Q&A for No Simple Way Home. That was a documentary by Akwal Dimabur. Nobody knows who that is. Akwal Dimabur is the daughter of South Sudan's father. So, Dr. John Gering. He's the big deal of South Sudan. He is the greatest man that's ever like lived, basically. He's the vice, former vice president of, of Sudan, He's the freedom fighter for South Sudan. Um, he's a he's got a doctorate in agriculture and just he's just a really well versed, very learned man, really intelligent, incredibly charming, most beautiful human being and father and person. And he was assassinated way way too early. Akwal Dimabur is his daughter, and her family was exiled from South Sudan shortly after the elections in. There was an election and then there was coup. There was, you know, South Sudan, so much drama. All of Africa, is there not always wars? That's yes, yeah, Somalia. What would <laughs> Somalia be without coups and conflict? <laughs> every other day, every other weekend at this point. It's not, it's nothing new. But basically, yes, yeah, so there was a coup. Her family was exiled. And um, Akol said, you know what, my dad... He's going to be documented, but who's going to document my mom? And that's how No Simple Way Home, the documentary came to be. And um, and that No Simple Way Home, the documentary, was a part of Haraf's 
program, Harafia's Human Rights Arts and Film Festival. And we got the opportunity to screen No Simple Way Home with us at Haraf. And again, my colleague was like, you should probably talk to a quote. I think that would be a big deal. Again, I was like, I don't know why you keep putting my hand up for things. Like, <laughs> what do you mean? And she was just like, isn't he, like, isn't her, her dad, like, your hero? Isn't that, like, a big deal for you? And I'm just like, you are listening and caring a little too much for my yeah. liking. I mm. just, I don't know how I feel about all of this, like. I told you to have my back, yeah. <laughs> how dare you? What? Mm. That's disrespectful. But, um, and then, yeah, so we did a Q&A about the film and about her journey as a filmmaker and basically about not so much, we didn't really get into it too much, but how daunting it is to be a leader when you didn't ask for it as well. Um, and then that responsibility and that duty and then, and yeah. I think it was important for you to do the Q&A because you also display leadership qualities. I mean, I've known you for a while on and off because, you know, life happens. But, you know, you have a presence, you know yourself. And when you don't know yourself, you make an effort to get to know yourself. You're very involved in the community. The community has your back. Like, I personally think you have what it takes, and I'm glad that you were able to to speak to someone who kind of mirrors those qualities. Yeah, it was very. It's still very confronting as well when I think about it because I'm just like, again, I'm an adult in practice. I'm still figuring it out. I'm still understanding how things work and how I show up in the world and how I do things. You know, something that I, that comes really easy to me is nurturing and nurturing other people. Nurturing myself was a little bit harder. But at the same time, I'm willing to take on that, you know, like take the time to actually learn how to do that. Because if folks want me to be a leader, I guess I will be a leader. At the same time, like I think another thing that I've started, like spirituality over the pandemic for me has really like, become a lot stronger for me my spirituality my connection to God really yeah. really became really strong same yeah. and at some point who am I to be denying God what he, <laughs> he wants for me at the same time I get put into positions of leadership and it's about time I just take it seriously and do something about it so Fact. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay well so far we've looked at the work that you've done in front of the camera Let's look at the work you've done. Well, we've looked at the work you've done behind, but let's look yes. at the work you've done in front. So you yes. starred as the lead actress in um, the short film Fabric. Yeah. What was that experience yeah. like? The Fabric was the first short film I've ever been a part of, in front and behind camera. Like I've never seen production before. And The Fabric was one of those productions where it, it was completely accidental too. I was minding my business as usual, an 18-year-old awake. And a filmmaker, Thomas Brakovich, was like, hey, look, I need a lead. Do you mind auditioning? You, don't, you never know what's going to happen. I said, sure, whatever. I'm not doing anything anyhow. Audition, got the part that day. And then, and then we went to Shepherd Inn for five days to do the short film. And at the time I was studying science, but when I tell you I fell in love with the set, fell in love with storytelling, 
fell in love with like all of the technical aspects of filmmaking, fell in love with the people that were on set as well. And there was something that I recognized. I was like, these people speak my language. They talk like me, they act like me. You know, there was a community that I'd never experienced before that I got to see finally. And it was on set. And I was just like, yeah, this is, this is cool. This is different. Um, never acted before as well. So that yeah. was really interesting that so, it came. Yeah. That it, no, it came next. And something that I learned since that day as well is that South Sudanese people are really good at just just acting. I, I don't know how, but there's something that they tap into. There's like an honesty that they can tap into that just comes across in on the screen in a different way. And I think if you work with the right directors, and that's what I'm trying to do, I'm trying to be the best director I can possibly be. So I can be able to pull out these authentic moments out of Sassanese people on the screen. Because <laughs> I have like three minutes left on the Zoom, I wanted to yeah. put two questions together. The first is because of everything you've shared, it sounds like, you know, you found your purpose. Um, what advice would you have for folks who are kind of in the wilderness and don't know what their purpose is? And how can folks get in touch with you and hear about all your events and things that you have going on? Yeah. Uh, well, to answer the second question first, you can find me on my Instagram, awak underscore K. That's A-W-A-K underscore K. And I may post a lot more this year <laughs> don't hold your breath because I regularly detox from the Instagrams and from the socials um but that's where you can find me you can DM me you can talk to me there otherwise I'll be working at the Human Rights Arts and Film Festival and you can directly email me from there as well um so that's awak.congo at haraf.org.au um I didn't go looking for my purpose. My purpose found me. And the only way that happened is by me just putting myself out there. And I know it sounds super corny, like putting yourself out there. What does that mean? What does that sound? But like literally being in spaces that are alien to you, meeting people that are alien to you, just getting outside and doing things that are completely different to your own comfort zone and seeing what happens. I think that's how you can find your purpose. And the reason why you need purpose as well is because it gives you a reason to wake up in the morning. It gives you a reason to go up every day. You know, it gives you a reason to feel good about yourself. And for everybody, their purpose is going to be different. For me, my purpose is Sassadon. And that is why I wake up every single day. I want to thank Awakrek Conger for speaking with me. You can stay up to date with Awak on Instagram at awak underscore K. Awak is spelled A-W-A-K. We're also on Instagram at diasporablues3cr. Listen back to this episode at 3cr.org.au forward slash diasporablues. Taking us out now is any featuring Georgia Smith with Peng Black Girls. I'm Ian Shirwa and you've been listening to Diaspora Blues on 3CR Community Radio. There's pink black girls in my area cold. 
dark skin, light skin, medium tones. Permitting braids, got mini afros. Thick lips, got hips, some of us don't. Big nose contours, some of us won't. Never wanna put us in the media, bro. Wanna fat booty like Kardashians. Wanna fat booty, then my auntie got a yo. We like the blood clot, tell her reload it. I've got the camera, my girls are posing. I need some backup, then my ones are rolling. Grown women things, I'm never at risk. Mind my own business, I'm never in mess. Who am I? I ain't made. Get a slice of the cake. Wanna house with a view and a new pair of shoes. Keep it real from the jump. Who's your gang? Little pump, little vibe, little bass, little kick, little snare, little eyes, big truths. Do you? They don't care. Do you? They don't care. Get your ass out the box and build up from there. I don't have a gang with me, but I still walk with a gangster lean. I rock Nikes cause we think they're clean. MJ leather jacket, be it Billy Jean. MJ leather jacket cause I think I'm bad. That's cool. I like it. The growth, the lie, the pain, the fight. We love, we fight, we hurt, we cry. He paid the price to be listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.